Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, family. God, it's your brother, everybody's brother, online on the Bible study tip. It's your brother, Sam Rock, on the blades tonight. And we're going to be talking about the consequences of choosing to sin. The consequences of choosing to sin. Because we know that God gives us freedom. He gives us the freedom to choose what we want to do. And that's the ultimate uh, mystery of God's love. To me, that's amazing that God doesn't force anything upon his creation. But he allows us to choose. He gives us a freedom of choice. But what are the consequences of choosing to sin? We're going to be talking about that right here on The Blaze with your brother Sam Rock. Mondays, Tuesdays. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we get into the Word of God. We get our word up at soulwinnerswithaz.org, the TuneIn app, the Spreaker Network, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. You look up Sellout Radio Network, and we're on uh, streaming around the world, basically, because we're on other networks, and people have bootlegged the network and put it in different countries, which is Fine with me as long as the gospel message is getting out. The gospel message is getting out. I want to quick read a uh, quick read something that I found out of my study book uh, illustration of what I'm going to talk about tonight. Illustration. Okay, so why sin tastes so good? You know, there was a movement not too long ago. A uh, gospel rapper was saying that sin is whack. And he had t-shirts and everything. And um, that's not biblical. Sin is not whack. As a matter of fact, I could prove that sin is not whack because Jesus died for my sins. And if sin was whack, then Jesus would not die for something that was whack. Sin is pleasurable for a season, the Bible says. And sin tastes good. Leon Birch, a developmental psychologist at Penn State University, ran an experiment in which she took a large group of kids and fed them a big lunch. After she fed them a big lunch, she turned them loose in a room with lots of junk food. Can you imagine that? What we see is that some kids eat almost nothing, she said, but other kids really chow down. And one of the things that predicts how much they eat is the extent to which parents have restricted their access to high-fat high sugar food in the past. The more the kids have been restricted, the more they eat. Birch's study also discovered one reason this happened. The children on restricted diets believed the junk food tasted good primarily because they had been told that junk food was bad for them. So that illustrates Paul's insight that the law arouses in us sinful desires. It's not only that we break the law because it's trying to control our sinful natures. We convince ourselves that it's really a lot of fun. That it really tastes good. Even when it's making us more spiritually unhealthy and may even be killing us. And that's taken from a citation uh, from Christian Christianity Today. The trouble with fries, fast food is killing us. Can it be fixed? Out of the New Yorker. So we see that sin tastes good. Even in food. Even in experimenting with kids. Setting them loose to eat all kind of junk food. And the kids that ate more of the junk food were the kids that were restricted at home. Their diets were restricted. And 
they were in rebellion because they said, well, I'm going to have a chance to eat junk food now. I'm going to eat a lot of it and it tastes good. God gives us the freedom of choice, man. He gives us the freedom of choice. But we're going to be talking about what are the consequences of choosing to sin. So, Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. I come to you as a student of your word, Lord God, that you will be the rabbi, the teacher tonight, Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, that you speak to every single listener that chooses to listen to your word tonight. I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity for the blaze to go forth on the airways, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, for the listeners that you have drawn to this network. And I pray, Lord God, that you will be satisfied by the faith that you see displayed by a network of believers here at Sell Out Radio Network. And I pray for every single listener that you will open their ears, open their eyes, renew their heart, renew their mind, save them, and that they may have a born-again encounter with the living, loving God, which is you. In the name of Jesus, I pray this by faith. Amen and amen. So we see that sin is something else, man. Sin is the ultimate consequence. You know why? Because the greatest consequence of sin is eternal separation from God. Can you imagine eternally being separated from God? Now the atheists are probably saying, well, there is no God, so it's not going to do me any difference. Well, there is a God. And the whole thing about atheism is crazy to me because I always say this atheists say that there is no God logically that's impossible because you cannot not believe in something that never existed if something never existed then you want you and I won't have knowledge of something to not believe in if it never existed God exists God is real God is alive God is loving God is powerful God is loving mighty and he's mighty to save. God is tremendous at all that he does. And the greatest thing about God, I believe, is his forgiveness for sin. His forgiveness of sin is, is something else. Amen. So you already know. His forgiveness of sin is something else. I'll tell you right now. But God is good. God is faithful. And you already know that through his faithfulness, he shows you time in and time out. Time and time again. That he's amazing. That he's amazing. Okay, so Romans chapter 6, verse 23. A lot of people know this as part of the Romans road. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you mean you get paid for sinning? So sin is not only pleasurable for a season, but you get paid wages for sinning, according to the scripture right here. But what kind of wage is that? Death. I mean, why would anybody want to die? Well, let's think of it this way. The freedom that we have of choice. If we went our own way, the Bible says every, every one of us have gone astray. Like sheep, we all go astray, right? So because we go astray... Um, somebody got to find us. That means we're lost. And God found us. Even while we were sinners, the Bible says, that God demonstrated his own love in this, that while I was a hater of God, a sinner, he still died for me, he still died for you. That's an amazing grace. That's amazing grace. So there's nothing I could do, there's nothing you could do um, to earn um, this forgiveness. 
but God made a way. And he made that way through Jesus Christ the Lord. He made a way. He made a way of escape for every single temptation. He made a way of escape for when we just want to just act crazy. God makes a way where it seems to be no way. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at how men fell. The original sin. Because every one of us are born into sin. There's not one of us or one of you. Everybody you know and everybody you don't know was born into um, the Adamic curse, the sinful nature of man. So if you look at Genesis chapter 3, you start at verse 6. The woman was convinced the fruit looked so fresh and delicious and it would make her so wise because she was um, going by what the serpent said. She was being lied to. But everybody knows that sin looks good. It looks, it tastes good, looks good, feels good. So you go ahead and do it because the sinful nature of every one of us wants, we crave for that. We just want, we just want all kind of sin. So it was no difference with Eve. The woman was convinced the fruit looked so fresh and delicious and it would make her so wise. So she ate some of the fruit. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. Then he ate it. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame. At their nakedness. So they strung fig leaves together around their hips to cover themselves. Because that's that's what we do automatically as human beings. We want to try to cover our stuff. We want to try to cover our sin right away. As if God don't see our sin. It's amazing. Genesis chapter uh, 16 verse 19 says. All your life you will sweat to produce food until your dying day. Then you will return to the ground from which you came, for you were made from dust, and to the dust you will return. Even, even a seemingly small sin, even a small, minute sin, it has to be looked at for what it is. Sin, basically, you know what sin is? Disobedience to God. One of the realities of sin is that its effect spreads. It spreads like a wildfire. You you do one little sin, it affects somebody else and it affects somebody else and it keeps on going. It's like a plague. It's like an epidemic. You know, you get one church member that's been on fire for Christ for years and then they decide to start sinning. The people who are following that person starts looking at your sin and say, wow, if he could do it, I could do it. And then those people start following other people and say, well, if they could do it, we could do it, and so on and so on. That's how that's what you call carnal Christianity. And it's going on, you wouldn't believe. So much. So so many people are so carnal and they would just want to sin, be one foot in, one foot out. You can't tell them nothing. They don't want to be accountable to nobody. They just want to sin, party, and then go to church and play the role. But the Bible says clearly that sin is disobedience to God. So one of the realities of sin is that it spreads. And soon the cycle of consequences is spinning far beyond out of control. It's like out of control, spiraling out of control. It's like a tornado um, ripping through a town and killing everything in its path. Sin equals death. Not all sins lead to death. But sin, disobedience of God, if it's not forgiven, if it's not 
uh, dealt with, if it's not, uh, you know, made right, it's going to lead to death because you're in disobedience to God. This could happen to me. It could happen to you. It could happen to your pastor. It could happen to your priest. It could happen to your rabbi. It could happen to anyone that's a human being. But God made a way of escape. God took care of the sin epidemic. God took care of it. When he first came the first time, he dealt with sin. When Jesus comes back again the second time, he's dealing with sinners. So you choose which one you want to deal with. You want to deal with your sin or you want to deal with Jesus the Christ when he cracks the sky and comes back and deals with the sinners. Amen. So I'm going to choose the first thing. I'm going to deal with the sin and I'm going to go to God with my sin and my stuff and my temptations and my burdens and my hurts and my pains and my complaints and all that. I'm going to take that to Jesus because I'm saved. I'm born again. That means I'm saved from the wrath of God. So when everybody else is acting crazy out there, Jesus cracks the sky, the wrath of God is going to be upon them. Me, if if I endure to the end, the Bible says, if I endure all the temptation, all the struggle, trials, tribulations, if I endure and keep my eyes steadfast on the Lord, the Bible says, those who endure shall be saved. Saved from the wrath of God and from the wages of sin, which is death. Right? That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold and understanding than silver? Are you willing to pay the price for a certain action? A lot of people don't want to pay the price for their sin. They just want to sin and try to get away with it. God, he don't prevent us from acting crazy. God, he don't, he don't remind us, right? He doesn't remind us of our past, but he does remind us of the consequences of acting crazy, of the consequences of sinning against them. He'll remind you of the consequences because it's all up in his word. He won't remind you of your past sin because he, he chooses to forget your past sin. If you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're a new creation, all the old stuff is dead, and behold, you're a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17, read it. So, if you're willing to pay the price for your sin, them get ready to die because there's no one that was able to um, satisfy the penalty of sin but Jesus Christ himself and he already did it no man no woman no boy no girl on this planet earth can forgive sin only God could forgive sin and Jesus Christ is God and he forgave sin because he conquered sin and death Right? The first Adam came and messed things up and brought sin, sickness, and disease. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, conquered sin and restored everything back to the creation that God wanted it to be created for, for eternal life with him. So he made what the enemy thought he destroyed, which was the Garden of Eden. God restored it. It's restored. So if you're saved, that's good news. If you're not saved, what are you waiting for? Get the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Ask for forgiveness. Admit that you're a sinner and you don't want to deal with the consequences. Ask God to forgive you. His Holy Spirit will live in you. And then you could go around confessing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And not only that, but your lifestyle is going to represent Jesus Christ and his kingdom. You're not going to be one foot in, one foot out. You're not going to be acting crazy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then try to say, I'm I'm forgiven on Sundays, and then start the whole cycle again. 
God ain't playing with nobody no more. He never has been playing, and he's not playing now. What we're living in is in the grace period. So it seems like people are getting away with sin, um, but they're not because we're under God's grace. So he's not dropping people like he did in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. He's not dropping people like he did to that couple in the book of Acts when they lied about their offering and lied about their belongings and property. He dropped them. The Holy Spirit of God would drop them right on the spot. He's not doing that right now, although he can to anyone at any time. But since it's not being done as much as people uh, were seeing it back in the biblical times when the Bible was being written and read, just because that's not happening, a lot of Christians out there are thinking, well, I'm escaping this sin because God forgave me anyway. So I'm going to just go ahead and party, drink, smoke, have premarital sex and fornicate and all that stuff and go up, go and sing praise and worship in the church. It seems like they're getting away with it, but the wages of sin is death. The payment will come to a sinner who does not repent and turn from the wickedness and turn to the righteousness of God. It will come. I hope that's not scaring anybody, but it's the truth for the word of God. And if it's the truth for the word of God, I'm going to speak the word of God in spirit and in truth. And I am hope I'm going to show some love right here. <laughs> Let me go back into the word because it doesn't seem loving, but it is loving. That a loving God would uh, have consequences set up for a sinner and then have rewards set up for those who repent. That is um, loving. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Galatians chapter 6 and 7 says, Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. You will always reap what you sow. Always. That's a, a kingdom principle. There's no return from that. It, God is not going to change his mind. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Whatever you put in, you'll get out. It's like Geigo, garbage in garbage out you put a lot of garbage into your mind you put a lot of garbage into your 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 way of thinking that thing will come out of your mouth out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so imagine if you're placing all the word of god as much as the word of god daily into your heart and into your mind then you're going to speak things of god but if you keep on putting mtv vh1 bt um, this um, raunchy hip-hop music, raunchy rock and roll, raunchy country music, um, bachata, merengue, salsa, um, all this type of music, um, love songs and all that. That's all secular of the world. If you feed yourself daily with that stuff, guess what's going to come out of your heart and then come out your mouth? Those things. But if you feed your word yourself with the word of God and you constantly get into the word, listen to praise and worship music, gospel rap, and you get into... On Bible studies like the Blaze or however you get into your Bible study. If you listen to your pastor, if your pastor is filled up with the Holy Spirit of God and your church follows Jesus Christ of the Bible, you fill yourself with that, then out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak blessings, not curses. You will bless, not curse. And you will really, your whole, change, your whole life will be changed radically. You'll put the weed down. You'll put the alcohol down. You'll start looking at homosexuality for what it really is it's not normal and then you'll start looking at relationships that are healthy you start looking at marriages that are healthy fam families that are healthy and then you look at a living god through his word through his spirit and through the church the body of christ and then you start developing then you start growing in your faith and then you start maturing so do we ever share the consequence for another person's failure because a lot of people think that 
um, when you die, you're going to answer for somebody else's life. And the Bible speaks opposite of that. When I die, the Bible says you're appointed once to die and then the judgment. I'm going to be alone with God. I'm not going to be answering for my wife, for my cousins, for my son, uh, for my pastors. I'm going to be answering for myself. So do we ever share the consequences for another person's failure or another person's sin? Well, let's see. Joshua chapter 7, verse 25. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. That doesn't sound like a godly thing to do, right? But you have to read the whole story to get the whole gist of what, what went down. Um, Achan brought sin into the camp of the Israelites and something wasn't flowing right. And God said, well, there's sin in the camp. And they found this man Achan and they stoned him because the sin was in the camp. And they wanted things to flow the way God wanted it to flow. So they had to eliminate the sinner. Seems harsh, right? It's the word of God. If you study the word of God, you'll know the full story of these scriptures. You know, not too long ago, we were talking to a brother who claims to be a Muslim. And he took scriptures out of numbers. Because um, we, we we believe that Jesus is God. And we believe um, that God doesn't change his mind. So he went into, I think, Numbers chapter 16 or something like that. And he read a scripture. He didn't read it fully, but he just read the part where it says, God is not a man. And then he read, or the son of man, that he should repent. Took those two scriptures out and just those two phrases out and put them together. But if you read it, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So you see, if you if you half step with the word of God, if you half step with the kingdom principles of God, if you half step going to church and go, being in the world, then you're not going to get the full truth. You're not going to get the full meaning. You're not going to get the full understanding. That's why um, the consequences of sin is individual. And it could spread. So say if I did a crazy sin and try to hide it, then it got exposed because God, God is light. So <laughs> the light exposed God's light exposes all darkness so it'll come out sooner or later and then say I have a following and the whole following is disappointed now and they fall into the same type of sin and they blame me and they blame others and everything there's consequences for sin but when you're face to face with God at the end of your rope and when your lights are out when you take your last breath all those people uh, that blamed you for the sin they're not going to be there. It's just going to be you and the loving, living God to be judged or to be welcomed. Whether God says, well done, good and faithful servant, that's between you and Jesus. Or he says, be gone. I never knew who you were. And then you'll be eternally separated from the loving God. And that's something I don't think anybody wants. Even the atheists don't want that. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20. If good people turn bad and don't listen to my warning, they will die. This is God speaking. If you did not warn them out of the consequences, then they will die in their sins. That's why we need preachers to remind us of God's word, to encourage us and to equip us, right? That's why we need preachers and pastors. If you did not warn them of the consequences, then they will die in their sins. 
their previous good deeds won't help them, and I will hold you responsible, demanding your blood for theirs. Wow. So we're, we have responsibility, accountability to one another. If I see a brother or sister in sin, it's my loving duty um, to approach them and say, Hey, sister, hey, brother, um, you know, what you're doing is not right. You know, let's pray about this. Let's, let's go into the Word. Let's get, let's get into a scripture or something. Let's get into a Bible study. Uh, let's have, go out, get something to eat and talk this through. Um, let's find you a counselor. Let's get you into some mentoring program. Let's do something. Because if you go around seeing your brother and sister sinning, that's like saying you're going around seeing your brother and sister dying and you're not, you don't care to do nothing about it. I'll risk any one of my relationships with any one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. If they hate me after the rebuke, amen, it's all good. As long as I did my part and steered them back to the way of the truth, the way and the life, which is Jesus Christ. And then if they don't want to talk to me ever again, it'll be worth it if they repent and turn from their wickedness and turn to the loving God. Then it'll be all worth it. Then it'll be all worth it, right? Can the consequences of what we say be just as significant as the consequences of what we do? You ever heard a parent say this? Do as I say, not as I do. You ever heard someone say that? Because they're they're all they're wrapped up in all kind of stuff. So they said, "Don't do as I do, do as I say." So it reminds me of a, a commercial I heard on the radio. Uh, the the father was a smoker. And he drank alcohol. So while he was smoking and drinking alcohol, he was telling his son, Hey, don't smoke and don't drink. Don't do what I do. Just do as I say. And the son is looking at him and saying, Wow, but you're drinking and smoking. So if you say you're going to do something or not to do something, you shouldn't be doing it yourself. So can the consequences of what we say be just as significant as the consequences of what we do. Well, let's see. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. You ever heard the the saying, loose lips sink ships? You ever, you ever heard that? That's like an old school saying. Loose lips sink ships and may sink the ships as surely as an enemy torpedo. As a matter of fact, that's how bad It'll sink. Spies who pass on vital information are as guilty of the death of innocent people as those who pull the triggers. So our words condemn us, right, as much as our actions. Proverbs 18.21 Those who love to talk will experience the consequences, for the tongue can kill or nourish life. So out of the same mouth, Somebody blesses out of the same mouth. Somebody curses because you can speak out of the tongue. The power, the tongue has the power of life and death. So if you speak life, you bring life. If you speak death, you bring in death. So the power of the tongue is powerful. It's a weapon. God spoke things into existence. He breathed into man's nostrils, creating us with the Elohim breath of life. Now we have that uh, power of God. When we speak things, we can speak life or we can speak death. When's the last time you saw a friend of yours that was going through a crazy trial and you go and you uh, be alongside, you listen to what they say first and then you speak 
life. Or, or, or are you one of those who's going to rub it in and speak death? It's up to you. The choice is ours, but there are consequences for sin. Mark 16, excuse me, Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, I'm running out of time here, but I want to read this. Mark 14, 66 to 72. Meanwhile, Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and then said, You are one of those who was with Jesus, the Nazarene. Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. The servant girl saw him standing there and began telling the others, That man is definitely one of them. Peter denied it again. A little later, some other bystanders began saying to Peter, You must be one of them because you are from Galilee. Peter said, I swear by God. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you would deny me three times. And he broke down and cried. So we see our actions and our words bring enormous consequences, right? Enormous pain. But this is the promise from God. Proverbs 17, 13. If you repay evil for good, Evil will never lose your house. If you repay evil for good, evil will never leave your house. <laughs> wow. So we know that God's word is real. God's word is amazing. God's word is alive, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces. Man. So we know. What was the original question? What are the consequences of choosing a sin? Well, think about it. Um, they're not good. How about that? So remember, till next time, join me Thursday night. Next time we get into the blaze, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, to the very next time, remember, God is good. Peace. That sound more like everyone else than anyone website which turns anyone into a radio DJ. Log on to Spreaker.com for listening to thousands of radio channels and start creating your own radio today.